Election College, Episode 3, The First Election. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey everybody, I'm Ben Smith. And I'm Jason Goff. I think we should get right into it. Hey Ben, today we'll be talking about our old pal George Washington and the first election for the President of the United States. Well, that sounds good to me. Uh, Let's say we were going to talk about a specific year when this happened. What year would that be? How old does 1789 get you? Sounds great. Sounds like a good year for this story we're telling. As we discussed previously, before the first election, which happens in 1789, the country was run under the Articles of Confederation, and it was headed by the Confederation Congress. And the Confederation Congress had a presiding officer, but it really didn't have a formal leader at all. Yeah, so the Constitution had only been approved or should I say, adopted, only four months before the first election. And although the colonials, the patriots, the Americans, they won, the nation was still recovering from the Revolutionary War. Yeah, no war is really easy to recover from, especially when it is on your home turf uh, with your home country. And you know, you're know, you probably, I, I can imagine they were fighting against relatives in some instances. Um, so, You know, things are bad, especially since their home turf is pretty much destroyed. Yeah. And so at this point, we didn't even have political parties. Most of the Americans didn't even like political parties because they were seen as dishonest and self-interested and, well, just downright evil. So there were the Federalists, and the Federalists were those who were for the ratification of the Constitution and the Anti-Federalists who were against ratification. Uh, I think if I were to, you know, if I was going to get political here at all, I would say that your definition of what they thought political parties were back then is what the definition is for many people today. Just, I mean, <laughs> if I were going to get political, I'd say that, but. Right, but we're not political. We're not political. We're just educational. Right. Or some attempt thereof. Do we want to talk about the candidates? Yeah, let's talk about the candidates, Jason. Let's first talk about my friend and yours the president of the Confederation Congress, George Washington. Yeah. So George Washington is best known for uh, when he was six years old, he got a hatchet as a gift, which is an awesome gift to give a six-year-old. And he damaged his father's cherry tree. So when his father discovered what he had done, he became angry and confronted him. And young George bravely said, I cannot tell a lie. I did cut the tree with my hatchet. And Washington's father embraced him and rejoiced that his son's honesty was worth more than a thousand trees. And so George Washington really got off to a really good start at the age of six years old. Hey, Jason. Mm-hmm. That, that story is not true. What are you talking about? That They made that story up. 
Yep. Okay, well, what's what's the truth? Well, if you want the truth about George Washington, and he may have been a very honest six-year-old. I don't know. Maybe he even had a hatchet, but yeah. Anyway, he was born in 1732 in the great state. Well, I guess it wasn't the state then, of Virginia. Um, and, you know, growing up, he really wanted to go to school in England, as I would assume most, uh, or at least many, young colonial boys wanted to do. But there was a reason he couldn't go. And why was that? His father died when he was 11 years old, and he just wasn't able to go. Uh, so he actually only was able to earn the equivalent of an elementary school education. He was offered an appointment in the Royal Navy when he was 15, but mom said, uh-uh, George. So his military experience actually began in the French and Indian War as a major in the militia of the province of Virginia. Yeah, and and as we talked a little bit about um, previously, he was a military man. I mean, he worked his way up through the ranks, and he eventually became the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War, and things were working out pretty well for him. Everybody liked him. He was a pretty popular guy. Everybody thought he was trustworthy. They figured if he did chop down a cherry tree, he would admit to it. Yeah, I really think he would have. Yeah, for sure. Even at six or 60, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And so, like a lot of things that the humble Washington did, he initially refused to go to the Constitutional Convention because, hey, he's humble. Uh, but really, he was suspicious that they would try to make him the leader of the convention. Yeah, I mean, think about it. He's super popular right after the war. Um, a lot of people are saying, hey, remember, um, you led us to some good things, and you've done some really good things for us. We we really think you should come to the Constitutional Convention, and maybe even, you know, maybe we can even talk about a future position for you if you're got it, if you uh, if you up to it. Yeah, and in our last episode, I had mentioned the spin doctor, the Wizard of Oz, Alexander Hamilton. He really was pulling some strings here, and he and some other people got together and actually convinced Washington that it would be dishonorable for him not to run for president. So you got to do it, George. Everybody wants you, George. So much to the point that everybody else said, you know what? George Washington's got this in the bag. Why even bother nominating or electing or running or whatever somebody else? Just doesn't make any sense. Exactly. So the whole president of the United States job description really was written with George Washington's personality and patriotism in mind. Right, exactly. We haven't actually had the vote yet, but we're pretty certain George Washington is going to win. Oh, I hope so. But at I the like time, <laughs> I do too. I think he, he's definitely the front runner in my mind. The, um, the polls say that he's leading by um, a lot. Yeah, I'm thinking NBC has the map and they've got the the red states and the blue states and uh, whatever state color you would have if there were no political parties. <laughs> they're, they're like, he's got it. He's got it. Well, the real question, I mean, we talked about this a little bit. The real question is vice president. What are we going to do about a vice president? We need to have somebody run for it. And the way that the elections worked at the time were everybody just kind of ran for one office. And the winner got to be president, the next person got to be vice president, the third person, and everybody thereafter got nothing. But 
the real race is for the vice presidency because everybody knows George Washington's going to win. So enter John Adams. Yeah. So John Adams was born in 1735 and he was the direct descendant of some founding Puritans. He went to Harvard and taught for a while and then decided to become a lawyer. Like every good lawyer, uh, he got involved in politics and he was really involved in, in many different ways and shapes and forms. Um, where he really started making his mark was at the First and Second Continental Congress. Uh, he was actually um, the one who nominated George Washington uh, to be the head of the Continental Congress. And he was internationally known, um, not known to rock on the microphone. He was essentially an ambassador to Europe for the American colonies. Right. So everybody knows him, uh, both near and afar. And why not? I mean, his name's John Adams. John's a pretty rare name, right, Jason? Right. Yeah. Cause there were only about five Johns and four of them were running for office at this time. Exactly. It's ironic. Some of the other candidates that were running for vice president or really running for president, but Everybody thought, okay, maybe they'll get vice president. Uh, we had John Jay. Yeah, and John Rutledge. John Hancock. Samuel Huntington. Benjamin Lincoln. And everybody's favorite, George Clinton. Right. The uh, funk master himself. Yeah. You know, the original George Clinton, not the funk master. He was actually an uh, anti-federalist. Go figure. I did no know he lost. Yeah. Yep. We'll talk more about him in the future. I mean, maybe. Maybe we'll talk more about him in the future. I don't want to give anything away here. It's possible. So the election, um, you know, you think of the happy colonies right after everything is all settled in and the country's working like clockwork and everything. But nope, the election actually only occurred in 10 of the 13 states. Yeah, so Rhode Island and North Carolina hadn't ratified the Constitution yet, and New York didn't choose their electors in time. There was some discord going on there in the Empire State. Each, you think it was called the Empire State at that point? Probably not. I would say it probably was not. I mean, they didn't have the Empire State Building, so why would you call it the Empire State, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Is the building named after the state, or is the state named after the building? I think we all know the answer. Each elector uh, in the Electoral College casts two votes for the president. And like I mentioned earlier, the person who gets the majority is the president, the runner-up is the vice president, and uh, this is the way elections worked until the 12th Amendment in 19, I'm sorry, 1804, which, um, yeah, stick around. We'll probably have something about that in a few episodes. Yeah, so all 69 electors cast one vote each for Washington, so yay, he became president. Talk about a decisive victory. Everybody I votes know. for you. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, think about it. He must have gotten a really big head. No, he didn't. He was still humble. But he is actually the only president who won all electors in any election. So I'm looking into the future and seeing nobody else who is as awesome and popular as George Washington. Yeah, and think about it, too. He became president with absolutely no speeches, no campaigns, no money. Uh, I mean, he had some money, but not be, not because of that. We would never even be able to identify with that now. But people just knew who he was. They knew he was a good guy. And they said, we want him. And he became the president. There were other votes that were split between the other candidates. So there was a vice president elected. And that man was 
John Adams. He got the most votes, a lot more votes, actually, than any of the other candidates. He got 34, and he da, 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 becomes vice president. And as we know, everybody came out to vote, right? The, the general population came out to vote in droves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole 1.3% of them, right? Yeah. What a great turnout. Yeah, it's pff, rock the vote. I mean, that's all I can really say. That's when that campaign started, I think. That's pretty sharp. They did a great job getting the word out. Well, hey, the president needs to get paid, right? Yeah. So the first uh, U.S. Congress voted to pay Washington a salary of $25,000 a year. And that's roughly equivalent to about $700,000 today. So pretty nice paycheck. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's more than the, at least as far as I'm aware, more than the current office of president pays. That's impressive. Yeah. And so Washington, being the humble man that he was, said, oh, no, I'm not going to take this salary. But Congress comes around and says, really, you need to take this salary because the office of the president would only seem as something that was only available to wealthy individuals that didn't need a salary. So what does George do? Oh, shucks. I'll take the check. Right. I mean, we don't want it to appear like you have to be rich or born into it, like, you know, England, where we just came from, where it's a monarchy. We want to make sure that everybody knows pretty much anybody can become president. And so George said, okay, I'll take the cash and I'll, I'll build my farm up with it more. So a little bit of residue of that mon, how would you say this even? Monarchical. A way of thinking. Uh, it was still on John Adams. He was actually involved in the discussion about what to call the office of the president. And he wanted to call the office something like His Majesty the President or His High Mightiness the President of the United States and Protector of Their Liberties. As I, like that. I mean, I love that. That's. I think you should. We could even just shorten it sometimes to "Hey, protector of our liberties" or "His High Mightiness." It'd be fun. So, needless to say, Adams got totally shot down on that, and the plain president of the United States won that debate. So, <laughs> Adams earns the nickname along with. You know, him him having these high and, and lofty titles that he developed. Um, he was a bit overweight, and he gets the nickname His Rotundity. <laughs> his Rotundity. How would you like to be stuck with that one for the rest of history? I, I would be insulted. Well, His Rotundity. I mean, Jason, <laughs> I won't call you that. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'll cry. If you were going to make a display of John Adams, and you wanted to write on it, his rotundity, and write vice president, first vice president underneath it, what would you do, what would you use to do that? You know, I would hop on my favorite internet browser, I would type in canva.com, I would upload a picture of his rotundity, and I would have a field day putting together something in Canva. If you haven't heard of Canva, it's simply the best. It really is. 
if you need a little bit of graphics work or you want to edit something or you want to make up a flyer or you need a new header for your social media or whatever. Or if your six-year-old chops down a cherry tree, I'd want to tell people about that. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you need it for, you can go to electioncollege.com slash Canva, that's C-A-N-V-A, and you will get um, 10 free dollars to use at Canva. Now, you don't have to pay for it. Canva's free. But if you want to use one of their images or one of their types of uh, font that would necessarily be included, it's just a dollar. And we'll give you 10 of those for free. We love Canva. Hey, be sure to spread the love of Canva all over your social media. And speaking of social media, where can you find us, Ben? You can find us at Twitter at Election College. You can find us on Facebook at Election College. You can follow us on Instagram at Election College. Yeah, you can see some of the work that we've done in Canva. There's really nowhere on the internet you can go and not find us. It's amazing. Hey, you know what else is amazing, Ben? iTunes reviews. Yeah. Did I just steal your thunder totally? No, you totally fell right into, um, I'm not going to say the pit, but you fell right into it. Did you see some of the reviews that we've gotten already? I did. I'm really, um, really pleased with the way we launched the show and how we had so many great five-star reviews. Um, We got a new and noteworthy section in a couple different categories, but we want to say thank you specifically to a few of our reviewers. Yeah, from across the pond, Boy is Fiction uh, over in Ireland wrote, Just one episode in, and I'm loving this podcast. Very interesting look at the process for a complete outsider. Thank you so much for that. That is awesome. And Born Ultimate from here in the United States of America said, Excellent show and should be required listening for middle and high schoolers for history classes. Great job, guys. And of course, both of those guys gave us five-star reviews. Guys are, guys are ladies. Sorry, I'm not sure which. Gave us uh, five-star <laughs> reviews as well. Thank you both very much. It means a lot. And there are many more to come that we'll talk about. And maybe if you leave us a review, we can read yours on the air too. Yeah, and if you like what you hear, please do take the time to leave us that review and hit that purple subscribe button and we will love you forever, we promise. So Jason, George Washington, what did he do in office anyway? Well, um, that's a very good question. Did he chop down a cherry tree? He might have told people about that. Mm. Or would that have been a lie? It may have been a lie. But then he would have said, I couldn't tell a lie, but then he was telling him. Anyway, we'll talk about that and the next election next time here at Election College. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.